What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. So the Wizards just picked up a huge win against the Celtics. Um, The final score of that one was 104 to 91, I think. Uh, So pretty low scoring game overall. Very unwizards like, but um, yeah, a really big win uh, for the Wizards to get back in the win column, put them above the uh, Detroit Pistons, who I'm pretty sure passed them in record last night. But now the Wizards are back to the 14th seed in the East, so got to make some <laughs> small strides before you get back to the playing game uh, consideration. But you know, it, it's a good win for them coming into this game. The Celtics were um, 13 and 12, which isn't great, but the Celtics are the Celtics. They're still a very good basketball team. Um, they had a plus 2.8 point differential, which was good for eighth in the league. Um, they're 12th in offense with an offensive rating of 113.7. <laughs> you never would have guessed after watching this game, but that's where they were. And ninth in defense with a defensive rating of 110.9. So just to go over like the general offensive rating and four factors for this particular game, the Celtics' offensive rating was 86.7, which is absolutely awful um so that's good for the second percentile which is like you know the second percentile um a lot of that is because they just didn't shoot the ball well at all tonight um their effective field goal percentage was 40.6 which is good for the third percentile um their turnover rate was really high at 16.2 they didn't get many offensive rebounds they didn't get the line that much so combine all that and you only score 91 points on 105 possessions which is Really, really, really bad. Um, it's something that has happened to the Wizards a couple times this season where they just shots didn't fall at all and they just looked really bad offensively. That was the Celtics tonight. Um, but credit to the Wizards for playing well, holding the Celtics to that low of a 
offense rating <laughs> because the team's defensive rating is the exact same as the opponent's offensive rating. So if the Celtics' offensive rating was 86.7, then that means the Wizards' defensive rating was 86.7, which would be like the best defense in the history of basketball. So, you know, got to give credit where credit's due. The Wizards played a lot better defensively tonight. They've been really, really bad the past few games, and they actually looked like a competent, coherent NBA-level defense tonight, uh, or I guess today, midday. Um, so that's really, really good for them. Um the Wizards' offense rating is only at 100, which is in the 15th percentile, but if the, you hold the opponent to the second percentile, then you're going to win the game uh, pretty easily. Um, the effective field goal percentage was in, only in the 6th percentile, 44%, but they got to the line a ton in this game. Their free throw rate was 37.3, which is the 98th percentile. Um, so free throw rate is one of the four factors for a reason. Getting to the free throw line is an incredible way to score points. Um, you're way more efficient at the line than you are going to be from two-point range or three-point range. So just getting to the line, shooting with free throws is an awesome thing to see. Uh, that's not something the Wizards are that good at. So seeing the number that high is very impressive. Um, just to go over some of like the big box score um, type things, uh, Jason Tatum had like that. That was like the worst game I've seen Jason Tatum play since his rookie year. Um, he had six points, minus twenty, and twenty. He only played twenty three minutes. I assume like he was in a little bit of foul trouble, but like not enough to only have played twenty three minutes in a game that you're losing a bunch. Um, so I assume Stevens just didn't want him playing so much when he was playing so badly. I would guess. Um, he only shot three of fourteen from the field. Um, all of one at the line. He was really just awful, um, which is very untatum like because he is so good. Like he's probably a top fifteen player in the league. Um, tonight, Kemba Walker. Uh, he was pretty solid. Twenty five points, nine of eighteen shooting, four of seven from three, three or four at the line. Um, good game from him. And Jalen Brown had twenty five points, um, eleven of twenty one from the field. Not as efficient as Walker. One for three at the line. So. And then after that, like the Celtics don't really have that many dudes um, because so, so Jeff Teague didn't play because of coach's decision, which is kind of surprising. Um, and Marcus Smart is hurt. I'm trying to think of, I don't think anyone else is hurt. So that Celtics really don't have very much depth at all. Like Semi Ojale started and he's like, he's solid, um, but he's not, I don't think he's a starter level player. Um, Tice hurt his finger around the second half. He only played 20 minutes. So yeah, the Celtics, not a lot of depth. Um, not a lot of depth. D- Danny Ainge could have done better building this squad. Like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. The Celtics are only 13 and 13 at this point, and like part of that has been COVID absences and that kind of stuff. But um, I think Jalen Brown was injured a couple games. Um, you know, obviously Tatum uh, contracted the virus, and the team still played. He missed like two weeks because of that. So you can't like, but like they're just their bench just isn't good enough. Like when you're bringing Tristan Thompson, Grant Williams, Aaron A. Smith. Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard, like that's not a good enough bench to win enough basketball games in the NBA to compete for a championship. And okay, yeah, that's that I'm gonna do that. That's I'm gonna leave it there for in terms of Celtics roster construction. Um so Beal was awesome tonight. Uh he had or today, um he had 35 points, 10 of 18 from the field, eleven for eleven at the line. So that's thirty-five points on eighteen plus five, twenty-three and a half um shooting possessions, which is really, really, really efficient. Um Westbrook was bad tonight like just being honest um he had 13 points six and 19 from the field one and three at the line so 13 points on 20 and a half shooting possessions which is really really bad um did have 11 assists though uh three turnovers which isn't like terrible um but his three turnovers were really really bad uh Rui had a solid game 15 points five and nine from the field five of five at the line great to see Rui continuing to get to the line um something that he wasn't very good at last year and he keeps getting better and better at and I love to see it Mo Wagner had an awesome game he 
um, rolled in the starting lineup with Garrison Matthews. Um, he had 11 points for seven from the field. I'll talk about Garrison Matthews in a second. Um, yeah, and then the bench all chipped in. Everyone had a good game. So a really, really good team win for the Wizards. Um, and it was impressive to play that well against a team like the Celtics, who are so well coached. Um, just to have them not really generate anything offensively because the Wizards did play well was something that was really great to see. Uh, the Wizards, so they moved Mo Wagner and Garrison Matthews into the starting lineup. And by doing so, they could kind of mix up their ball screen coverage a little more. Um, when you have Alex Len and Robin Lopez, you're really kind of constrained to just like drop coverage. Um, like sometimes the Wizards like to put Alex Len and um, Robin Lopez to level the screen, but that always <laughs> that always looks really really ugly because you can turn this if you're a guard, you can turn the corner so easily on those guys because they just they just don't have the foot speed to keep up with guards like laterally at all. But Mo Wagner like. While he doesn't necessarily have the greatest foot speed, he can do more things um, defensively in terms of guarding ball screens. So the Wizards blitzed a couple of Kemba Walker screens and Jalen Brown screens because Mo Wagner uh, can get out on the floor more. The Wizards um, brought him to level the screen a lot just to prevent the uh, Kemba Walker pull-up three-point shot, which he's pretty good at. And like they mostly, for the most part, they ran a drop, but they didn't drop him that low. Um, so it wasn't like a full deep drop. It was more of like a contained type of thing uh, where he would drop it to like the free throw line instead of dropping to like a couple of feet outside the restricted area, which is what you usually see out of a Robin Lopez or an Alex Len. And Alex Len got a DNP coach's decision tonight too, um, which is interesting to see the center rotation. But Mo Wagner, he had a really good game. So I really like him um, starting. Uh, and especially in this particular matchup against a team like the Celtics, because the Wizards have definitely got burned before by guards that can shoot. Like Damian Lillard, just his presence really hurt the Wizards. Um, I'm trying to think of Zach Levine uh, really hurt the Wizards because he's a guard that can shoot. Like those types of guys really give the Wizards, like especially guys like Robin Lopez, just around like league wide. Um, that's why guys like Robin Lopez can't play any minutes in the playoffs because at a certain level, you just only play guards that can shoot. You play Jamal Murray's and Damian Lillard's and Stephen Curry's, um, Kemba Walker's like all those types of guys, those are the guys that are on teams that make deep playoff runs. Um, so, you know, big lumbering bigs end up not playing in those series. Um, <laughs> like that's a whole other topic for another day. But um, anyways, yeah, so I really like Mo Wagner playing um, more minutes. I hope to see him in the rotation more. Like even in games where the Wizards just like don't really look like they have it, at least Mo Wagner is going to come out and bring energy on both ends. Like he may not be the highest IQ player in the world, um, he does get caught out of position a lot defensively. He does make some poor decisions offensively at times, but he does always bring the energy and effort, and that's something that is, you know, quite frankly exciting. Uh, the Wizards don't have tons of those energy effort guys, so I like Mo Wagner getting at least some minutes in every single game. Um, yeah, so the person I definitely want to talk about is Garrison Matthews. He started again tonight, and he was, like, absolutely awesome. Um like Garrison Matthews, I think, is so good. Um, I tweeted this out during the game that I think that if like someone argued to me that Garrison Matthews was one of the three best players on the Wizards in terms of just helping them win basketball games, like I don't know if I would necessarily argue with them on that point um, because he just made, he's so impactful defensively with um, just knowing when to rotate, where to be on defense. Like that's something that I talked about in the last podcast where the Wizards' like weak side defense, their weak side help is just so bad, and Garrison Matthews is like one of the only guards that can help on the weak side. He's one of the only guards I can get over a screen. He just like, he blows up screens. Um, and when he doesn't blow up a screen, he pursues the ball handler really well. Um, he's really good at closing out. Uh, he's a defensive playmaker. Like Garrison Matthews should 100% be playing 25 minutes every single game. I think he should be starting. I'd 
I think yeah, I love Garrison Matthews. Like, I don't understand how this guy's still on a two-way. Well, I do, I don't understand how he came into the season on a two-way contract. Um, just the way like the salary cap works, it makes so much more sense to wait until he's like really really close to that fifty-game limit to convert him to an NBA contract, just in terms of saving money. Um, because also, if you want to convert him to an NBA contract, you do have to cut someone. That's probably going to end up being um, Anthony Gale when the Wizards get to that point, unless they make a trade um, where they dump a player. But I think that Garrison Matthews 100% deserves to be on an NBA-level contract. I think that he should be signed long-term. I love putting him in the starting lineup, especially... So the other side of the ball, Garrison Matthews scored zero points tonight, but he gave the Wizards a lot offensively, just being active without the ball, being a threat to shoot, and then moving the ball, not letting it stick to his hands, which is something you can't say about all the Wizards players. Um, just him, just like something I've said, talked about before, is just like just gravity of like your players, like... No offense to Denny Avdia. Denny Avdia has been shooting the ball well this season, but he has like zero gravity whatsoever. Like teams will let Denny Avdia shoot the ball, catch and shoot all day long and just collapse on Bradley Beal when he drives to the basket. Teams are a little more hesitant when it comes to Garrison Matthews in terms of helping off of him. Like he has gravity. Teams think of him as a shooter and thinking that someone can shoot is like legitimately an important thing that a player can bring to the table. Um, just having that gravity. Like Westbrook has zero gravity. Rui has no gravity. Um, like the only play, other player on the, like West Beal has a ton of gravity, obviously. Um, Mo Wagner has no gravity. Um, obviously, um, Alex Len, um, I already talked about Denny Audi, like Robin Lopez, these guys have no gravity. Like teams will, for the most part, leave Neto, um, even though he's like, he's a solid shooter. But like Garrison Matthews legitimately does have gravity. Teams will, close, like teams will hesitate to help off of him, uh, even from the weak side. Like I saw it a couple times tonight where players got good looks at the rim because um, the Celtics were hesitant to help off Garrison Matthews on the weak side. Um, and that's a really, really good thing for the Wizards to have someone that's a threat to shoot, next to, especially next to someone like Westbrook, but also next to someone like Beal, who desperately needs spacing because Beal is good at taking it to the rim. He's a really, really good free throw shooter, and he's good at drawing fouls. He's getting better and better and better at that. He got to the line 11 times and made 11 free throws tonight. So just opening up the floor for Bradley Beal is something that Garrison Matthews is awesome at um just by standing around and being on the floor so i really really like inserting garrison matthews in the starting lineup the thing that makes me so upset is that at the very very end of the game he like um aaron neesmith's knee bumped into garrison matthews as aaron neesmith was trying to get around a screen and um he bumped into garrison matthews like right thigh and like i've been there with a like thigh contusion those things aren't fun um, I remember when I got mine, like playing a, just like a stupid soccer game. And then the next day I had a basketball game and I was like, just God awful that whole basketball game. I like had no burst whatsoever. So I don't know. I assume Garrison Matthews is a lot tougher than I am. And they, Garrison Matthews is a lot better medical team helping him out than just me wrapping my leg in whatever cloth I had. But, um, yeah, I hope he plays tomorrow because he just gives his team another element that's legitimately exciting offensively. Um, and he really, really helps his team out defensively. Like he's one of the only guys that are is a positive value, like a value add on defense. Um, so yeah, I'll be really disappointed if he doesn't play tomorrow in a pretty interesting game. Um, yeah, I also do want to talk about Denny. Um, Denny Avia, like straight up, is not as good as Garrison Matthews, but he's pretty solid for a rookie. Um, he was pretty good defensively, like on the ball against the Celtics' big wings, because Denny Avia does have some pretty good size. Um, and he he was like legitimately solid. Um, definitely nothing wrong with the way he played today. Uh, he didn't score the ball as well offensively, but he kept the ball moving. And like at the very end of the game, we got some pretty interesting Denny Avdia like point guard lineups, um, which he was 
the results a little bit mixed, but um, he does know how to like snake a ball screen and also just like keep a defender on his hip while operating the ball screen. Uh, definitely needs to work on making those like next level passing reads, but um, I kind of I do like what I see from him as a secondary creator. Uh, it would be interesting to see him play more, or he has been playing more without Westbrook, and he has been a little pretty interesting, but. I don't know, just like the, the handle needs to get a little better. Um, the shot needs to get better. Uh, obviously, his sh- like ridiculously hot, like he was shooting like 42% at one point uh, from three. That's not going to keep up. But uh, he was only one for five tonight again. I think last game he was one for five. But I do like what I see from him from the most part so far. He At the very least, he's going to be an NBA-level role player, which is, you know, like that's not the end of the world from the ninth pick. A lot of ninth picks just don't work out at all. Like you'd be surprised to see how many bust there are in the draft early um like within the top 10 picks so if you get someone who's a rotation level player in the ninth pick it's not necessarily the end of the world and i think that denny has the potential to be more than that like i wouldn't bet on him being a starter level player for his career but i do like the flashes that i see out of him just in terms of being able to be a secondary creator off the bench um and then just being a probably not like he's not a value add defensively but he's not like killing you defensively like some people are so that's good to see. Um, Bradley Beal. I, I I talked so much about Garrison Matthews and Danny Avdia. I didn't talk about... Well, actually, I'll talk about another obscure guy in Mo Wagner. Um, no, I already talked about Mo Wagner, but I do also want to say that Mo Wagner... No, I don't want to say anything more about Mo Wagner. I do want to talk about Bradley Beal, though. Um, he was unbelievable tonight. He had 35 points. He is, he's gotten really, really good in operating in ball screens to score for himself, but also to make reads to the big. He's not quite as... Like he could be a lot better at making those secondary reads in the ball screen, but that's that like hasn't ever been his game, like in terms of operating this much in ball screens. So do I think he can get there like next year? Uh if he's still on the team, like maybe. But he definitely still needs to work on that. But he threw a bunch of passes this game, like live dribble, um, left handed, and they all look pretty solid. So Beal, like him getting better as a passer is a big thing for this team um, because he, you want the ball in his hands as much as possible and out of like no offense to Westbrook but I would much rather have Bradley Beal dribbling the ball than Russell Westbrook at all times um, Beal's assist rate's actually gone down this season which is pretty surprising to me um, by a good margin too okay that was interesting but anyways um, Beal does look better as a passer um, he does he definitely looks a lot better finding the roller uh, he did start to develop some chemistry with Alex Lund in terms of the pick and roll game last few games but Alex Len didn't play this game um pick and roll between Bradley Beal and just literally like Mo Wagner and uh, Robin Lopez does look good still um and then Bradley Beal obviously like he demands so much attention coming off any screen off the ball or on the ball that it opens up a lot for the offense and then if you have someone out there like Davis Bertans who can shoot the ball that really helps him Bertans was two for six tonight which you know it's whatever um you're not gonna go four for six every night or three for six every night um so We'll kind of see more with Bertans, but he played 24 minutes. Uh, first guy off the bench for Garrison Matthews. So uh, I do like the Garrison Matthews um, and Bertans always playing alongside Bradley Beal just to add someone that uh, Beal can kick out to and someone that the defense has to think about helping off of. Um, actually, I'll talk about Russell Westbrook. So Russell Westbrook literally doesn't get guarded from the three-point line when Beal drives. Uh, teams have figured that out and... Like Westbrook is not going to shoot threes, and if he does shoot the three, then the other team's just perfectly fine with that. Um, he was only six for nineteen in this game. Oh, I want to pull up his shot chart. I didn't go through the team shot chart. I'll do that eventually. Um, so where is our Westbrook? Here it is. Okay, so Russell Westbrook, every single area of his shot chart is red, which is never a good thing. He was 
Um, one for two at the rim, uh, which only two shots at the rim. You got to get there way more often if you're someone like Russell Westbrook. Two for six from floater range, which um, a lot of the shots were closer in than further out because the way NBA.com defines floater range um, is just in the paint outside the restricted area. So like if you're shooting a four foot shot, that would qualify as in the paint, um, but outside the restricted area. Uh, and he definitely did shoot a couple of those. So like those shots are good shots for him. Um, 0 for 2 from above the break threes and 3 for 9 from mid-range. So my question is, in a matchup against the Celtics, who were guarding Russell Westbrook with Kemba Walker, why aren't you driving to the basket more? Like that, It's so frustrating to watch him play because he is such a bad mid-range jump shooter. I want to pull up his stats real quick, um, but... The way Russell Westbrook usually plays is, you know, he will shoot the occasional mid-range jump shot, but like the it's usually the way. So he shoots a lot of the mid-range jump shot to set up him attacking the rim, and this season he's just shooting the mid-range jump shot to shoot the mid-range jump shot. Like that's become a bigger part of his game than attacking the rim, and that's probably the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my lifetime. Fifty um, percent of his shots are from mid-range, and only twenty-seven percent are from the uh, at the rim compared to two seasons ago because. Um, like last season, obviously, was with that Rockets team. It's 40% at the rim and 35% from mid-range. So there's zero reason Russell Westbrook should be shooting more shots from mid-range than at the rim. Um, just to give you numbers on how good of a finisher he is at the rim, he's in the 95th percentile, making 65% of his shots at the rim. Russell Westbrook is still a really good finisher on the rim when he attacks. He just doesn't attack at all. Um <laughs> He is 36% from mid-range, which is in the 30th percentile. And of course, he still can't shoot threes. Um, he's in the 21st percentile at 33%, and he's only shot 70. Oh, 70 is pretty high. That's not what you want to see at all. Um, and then again, Russell Westbrook's, his free throw percentage is down, but it's still at 65%. 65% is 1.31 points per shot, points per possession, and that is awesome. Um, his foul rate is actually um, pretty good. It's right where it was last year. Um, but he should be getting to the line way more often. Um, considering the way he's playing, that the fact that he's getting to the line that much is actually really impressive, um, but he has developed into someone that can draw fouls um, away from the basket a little bit more, but he needs to get to the rim way more often. Three of nine from mid-range is garbage. Um, shooting nine mid-range shots is stupid. It sucks. It's not good basketball, and especially considering how bad Russell Westbrook is at shooting mid-range jump shots. He needs to get to the rim. Um, if the Wizards want to make the play in, they need Russell Westbrook to be Russell Westbrook, or at least what Russell Westbrook was last year, and he's not even close to that right now, and he's been actively hurting the team for the most part. Um, so, sorry, I'm going to keep saying that until Russell Westbrook starts playing better. He's had two good games this season, and he was awesome in those two games, but besides that, he's been like negative. Like He's been a negative value player. Um, like I'm going to be honest, Garrison Matthews is better than Russell Westbrook tonight. Like he just was. Um, Garrison Matthews, for the most part, has been a more helpful basketball player in terms of winning basketball games than Russell Westbrook. Like, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook. Um, I love you as a regular season player, but you've just been you've been bad. Um, I let I I guess I have to talk about Jason Tatum a little bit because Tatum was so bad this game. Um, I don't know why he was so bad. <laughs> just to be honest, um, he just couldn't make any shots anywhere. Like I guess. Sometimes like players talk about like oh like the one o'clock game stuff your rhythm whatever he was one for four from the restricted area like that's pretty confusing he was zero for four from floater range and he was zero for two from brother bait threes his only two shots he made were from mid range um, yeah he just couldn't get it going tonight and you know good for the Wizards 
Um, the Wizards definitely did defend him well. Um, so, you know, that is positive. Uh, Beal did a good job on him. Matthews did a good job on him. Rui did a good job on him. Um, and that's part of, like, where Rui did add value in this game. Um, and then, like, whoever off the bench, I don't even, like, Danny Avdia at times did a good job. Like, just everyone did a good job against him. They didn't give him anything easy. Um, and he struggled. Uh, so him struggling isn't all the Wizards doing, obviously, but, you know, they definitely helped with that. Um, I guess one of the last things I have to talk about is Marcus Smart didn't play. Uh, Marcus Smart is absolutely awesome. I love Marcus Smart. So him not playing in this game is, like, it's honestly, like, a pretty big factor as to why the Wizards won by such a convincing margin. Um, like, they only won, they won by 13 points, but it was really a, it wasn't, like close to that honestly like it was really like a 20 25 point game um the Wizards kind of let him near the end but like Marcus Smart is like one of, he's probably the best defensive guard in the league um the Celtics defense with him on the floor is only 0.1 points per possession better which is pretty interesting um yeah so Marcus Smart not being out there to guard Bradley Beal um Definitely hurts. And also, Marcus Smart's definitely, like, I want, I'm not going to say definitely, but he's probably, like, him and Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe are, like, three of the best guards of just being able to get around ball screens. And since the Wizards are so ball screen heavy, especially with Bradley Beal, uh, Marcus Smart would have really, really helped them in this game. So, you know, that that is what happens in the NBA season. Though. The Wizards dealt with plenty of injuries and plenty of sickness. Uh, I think Marcus Smart, I don't know how much longer he's out for, but he did have that strained calf, I think. So, yeah, um, I don't know what else to say. Like, tough luck, I guess. Uh, by the time the playoffs come around, or hopefully by the time next time the Celtics play the Wizards, I want to see, like, I like Mark, watching Marcus Smart play. I definitely want to see him play against the Wizards. Um, I'm going to go through my notes, and then I think that's just about all I got. Oh, okay, something, so um, one of Scott Brooks' go-to um, after timeout plays is a swing to Bradley uh, a swing to Bradley Beal, and then he just sprints off of a step-up ball screen. And I finally figured out what that was called. I talk about it all the time. Um, it's Apparently, it's called Knicks action, which is interesting because it was just play the Knicks. But that's what I'm going to call it from now on. Um, but I might also give an explanation because I don't know how many human beings know what Knicks action is. Um, something interesting. So the Celtics run tons of like double ball screens or high double ball screens at the top for Kemba Walker. And teams guard this in like a ton of variety of different ways. The Wizards threw a hard hedge at um, Kemba Walker every time that happened. And it worked pretty decently. So um, good move by Kemba Walker. Oh, I definitely want to talk about uh, Westbrook uh, really, really badly. Airballed a free throw. Um, like I'm rooting for Russell Westbrook, but that was pretty funny. Um, talking about Mo Wagner. Um... Oh, so the Celtics, like, ball screen offense is, or their offense is really ball screen heavy. Um, Mo Wagner did a pretty good job in, like, the whole game defending the ball screen. I already talked about a little. But the Celtics don't really have, like, guards and wings that are super, super, like, downhill threats. Like, when Tatum and Brown decide to go downhill, they're pretty good. But they like to settle for mid-range jump shots a lot. Um, so if I were a Celtics fan, I definitely want to see them just attack downhill more often, especially against guys like Mo Wagner, um, where they could definitely have their way if they really, really felt like it. Um, obviously, Kemba Walker isn't like as much of a downhill threat as he is a threat to pull up from three. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was an interesting thing to note out. And also the Celtics, like they are not that high in terms of frequency um, shooting around the rim. They are 24th in the league. But they're 12th in accuracy. I assume the accuracy part is because Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice, and Time Lord, Robert Williams. Um, and at one point, the Celtics ran this really weird lineup with Tice and Thompson and Grant Williams. 
And that, that lineup was so easy for the Wizards to stop defensively. And it was so easy for Bradley Beal to cook in ball screens offensively. Um, the Wizards went on a little bit of a run when they put that really weird lineup out there. I don't understand the theory behind that lineup at all. Like, I guess just punish the Wizards inside. But, like, the Wizards just completely helped off Daniel Tice. And he missed two threes pretty badly um, when they did that. So that was a fun action. Um, the Wizards, oh, so something that's interesting is that the Wizards, like, they love running this play for Beal, which is Beal coming off a UCLA cut into, a, like, on the opposite corner. He comes off, like, a baseline ball screen and then gets a lot of open looks out of that. Um, the Celtics, the first time around, um, the Wizards got a slip from the guy setting the back or the baseline screen, who was Mo Wagner, and he got an open uh, layup. And then in the second half, at the very beginning, the Celtics... Um, ran like the exact same play and the slip was wide open because Mo Wagner jumped the pass but Kemba Walker still threw the pass and Mo Wagner got the deflection um, so I thought that was interesting um, I talked about uh, I want to see what else I wrote down um, oh yeah, the Wizards run a, <laughs> they ran this play just stolen straight from the Lakers playbook which is the Lakers love to run this play where they have Anthony Davis in the corner um, and they have like Dennis Schroeder or KCP or Alex Russo set a back screen for him, and it's really, really hard to stop. Um, and the Wizards ran that exact same play and got a wide open dunk for Rui Hachimura. Um, I think Russell Westbrook set the back screen, so I love to see when teams just steal plays from other teams that work really well. And Tommy, or not Tommy, Scott Brooks did that. Um, yeah, and that's about all I had. Oh, except for Denny Avdi tried to dunk on Taco Fall. That was awesome. Um, yeah, so that's all I had for this game. Um, really good win for the Wizards overall. Uh, one of the better games coached by Scott Brooks um, so far this season. So really great to see the Wizards win. Their next game is tomorrow against the Houston Rockets. John Wall's return to D.C. Um, well, that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, so yeah, definitely check out that podcast coming out um, that night or the next day. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.